big news, my third book, number one on Amazon in business, the pre-sale, Do It, The Life-Changing Power of Taking Action is coming out April 4th worldwide. It's available on pre-sale, and if you buy it on Amazon, on Barnes & Nobles, wherever books are sold, let me know because I want to send you a special gift. So if you buy this book, Do It, The Life-Changing Power of Taking Action, not only will you have the most immersive, in-depth, introspective book ever put together on taking action. This is three years in the making of myself doing research, studies, surveys. You know, the overview, 40,000 foot, just think Atomic Habits meets the Enneagram with crazy cool Malcolm Gladwell type stories from figures in history who changed the world. There's nine types of action archetypes, nine types of these things that we have that we can resonate with of why we are holding ourselves back from taking action. Everybody has something that they want to do and there's something that is stopping them. These nine action archetypes are the allodaxophobic, fear of other people's opinions, the burn, the inopportune, the blamer, the test believer, the perfectionist, the scarciest, the distracted, and the underestimator. And you will learn which one that you are and how to overcome this and take action. April 4th, do it, the life-changing power of taking action. Let me know if you buy this and I will send you a gift. Before we dive into this incredible episode that you are about to hear on the David Nurse Show, I just wanted to say a special thank you for being a listener, for tuning in. You could be anywhere else in the world right now and you are with me listening. And I also want to ask you, if you find value out of this episode, out of any of the episodes, to share it with a friend, share it with a family member. Somebody needs this and you can be the person that changes their life. And also, if you could, it takes about 12 seconds in total to leave a review for the podcast. Go to Apple, the podcast app, and leave a review. Five star if you love it. You choose, write a review. Let me know if you leave a review and I will shout you out. I will give you a gift. I will have a conversation with you. I'd love to hear from you if you are listening to this podcast. So go to the Apple Podcast app, leave a review, because it helps, it helps people that are searching podcasts, that are trying to find something of optimization, mindset development, and we will pop up as the top podcast. So you're also helping others by leaving a review and subscribing. Also, the show is on YouTube. If you want to watch me talk to the guest, you can watch it on YouTube, David Nurse channel. All right, now, time for the show. You are about to get your mind blown. Tom Patterson, welcome to the David Nurse show. This is going to be a fun one. For those of you who don't know me and Tom's personal relationships, which I don't know why you would, Tom is a brother. He's one of those people when you meet him, you're just like, yeah, I want to be that guy. I want to be around that guy. Issue is he lives in South Dakota, but he is one of the most incredible people that you will ever meet. One of the most inspirational and you probably have worn or seen his stuff, Tommy John, which he created. We'll get into all of that. Tom, welcome to the David Nurse Show live from South Dakota. How you doing, bro? Hey, thanks. Thanks, David. Good to be here, man. Excited. That was a really nice intro. Well, yeah, um, I can be hired as your agent if you would like. <laughs> but hey, let's start this off not with why do you live in South Dakota, which is a big question in itself, but let's start us off with a bang, Tom. Something maybe not everybody knows about you. So you are this 
CEO, founder of an amazing company, Tommy John, which has gone on to do great things. Some of the coziest, comfiest performance loungewear that there is. Check them out. Not even a plug. You should actually really check them out. I have some of their gear. But start us off with a bang, something maybe not everybody knows about you, Tom. Oh, man. You know, I, I would always feel like I've kind of had this chip on my shoulder as this underdog, you know, when I was in, in eighth grade, I was five foot three, a buck 30, played quarterback my whole life and was on the B team of football. And I kind of that over that next summer, I was fortunate enough to grow six inches, put some weight on, but really try, you know, really put a lot of work in during the summer lifting weights. And I just, you know, I think I would say not for anybody that's listening, things have not always come easy to me. And I've found work, working hard, consistency, persistence has been a way for me just to kind of overcome a lot of things. And I'm definitely not the most talented person in the room, but I would say I'm one of the hardest workers and I'll ask a lot of questions. In my high school yearbook, I, I got the nickname 20 questions and I was actually excited by that. And I think a lot of it came from, I just kind of asked different questions that a lot of kids weren't asking. And it came from a place of curiosity just wanting to know. And I kind of think what I'm doing right now, <laughs> underwear is the last thing I thought I'd be making, especially when I was taking my sewing class in home ec, which I got a, a C in. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's just one of those things. Curiosity kind of led to a passion, right? And it just one thing after another followed. So I would say if you're passionate about things, you're probably generally curious. So if you're curious, follow what you're curious about. And generally, it's going to lead to great things. And for me, that's certainly been the case, not all, not in all cases, but more often than not. That's such a great note on curiosity. I think the best leaders are curious. They want to continue to learn. They ask the right questions. I kind of see myself as a podcast host in all walks of life. And you probably felt that when we were walking up the mountain together in Colorado, when I asked you about 70,000 different questions. And you were just, <laughs> boom, spot on. Because I saw something in you. I knew you had yeah. that, that type of consistency, work ethic, drive, and also your love for health wellness optimization people might not know this but uh you're the only person that's eating liver and uh probably bull testicle in the state of South Dakota. <laughs> not not as often as as one would think but yeah i'm always looking for different <laughs> ways to to get an edge that's for sure just like you and i think you know those people find each other like we did totally man well let's run this back to that light bulb moment when you said underwear didn't think you would be working in the underwear business, a C in your sewing class or your home ec class. It's actually pretty good. I mean, don't discredit yourself there. But when did that light bulb moment come on for you? And then on top of that, how did you decide to take action on that? Because one of the biggest disconnects people will have in life is they have an idea, but they don't take action. So let's unpack that, Tom. Yeah, great question. Uh, back in 2007, there was a show called The Big Idea with Donnie Deutsch. And it was my that generation's time of uh, Shark Tank before Shark Tank. And they talked about necessity being the mother of invention. Create People who created products that solved a problem generally led to great businesses and these people being passionate about what they did. So I'm a former medical device salesman. Think of Will Smith in the pursuit of happiness, selling bone scanners. I'm selling pulse oximeters and hospitals in San Diego, but I, I, I wore undershirts under my button down shirts. I was like, man, why doesn't anyone make an undershirt that stays tucked in? It doesn't stretch out. It doesn't yellow as quickly. Uh, it's not a girdle. It's comfortable to wear and no one was making it. 
So I thought, well, I'm going to try to make it, see if I can solve my problem for what I think is the ultimate undershirt. My wife, Erin, had just started a company and she really kind of sparked this idea of like, I want to do something. What's my idea going to be? And it could have been anything. But I looked to myself, things I used on a daily basis that I was frustrated with, and that's what came to mind. So uh, long story short, I went to the garment district in downtown LA, bought some fabric at a tailor, took it to a dry cleaners uh, with my sketch that I drew with my second grade art skills. And I just made two samples. You know, it was a hundred bucks between gas, fabric, and my time. And it's like the worst case is I'm out that. The best case is maybe I have this solution to my problem. And that's when the idea went into motion. And it really doesn't take that much to get going, right? You can listen to podcasts and read all these articles, but like there's a lot of people that I think are experts at business on their couch or sitting, but it's really tough to take action, right? And for me, it's like, we didn't come from the fashion industry. We didn't have the experience, but it was more so like 70% perfect. Let's just make something and get it going and get started, right? And... It worked, made some more, sent them out to friends, guys that I trusted that would give me great feedback, the type of guys that say, Tom, this is amazing, or dude, what are you doing here? And um, they all called a week later, said, if you make more of these, I'll buy them. And we found someone to do our production in downtown Los Angeles in 2008. And that's really when Tommy John was you know, birthed into life. Man, isn't that interesting though? Like literally you just took action and decided, I don't have to have it perfect. It's not going to be perfect. Let's see if there's a need for it. Let's just give it a shot because what is the worst that can happen? Have you always had that type of mindset? Because a lot of people, they just like, they can't see it through going through tough times, going through fire, going through times where they don't feel success. And I know there were years that you weren't feeling like, hey, this is this is a home run. I know this is going to work. There's probably a lot of times you felt like, man, this is not going to work. Aaron, we need to think of something else. Yeah. I mean, two articles come to mind. You know, there's one that said the best time to start a company is during a recession. Mm-hmm. In the fall of 2008 is really when I came to that decision. And, you know, the other one is in times of change, experience can be your worst enemy, right? And we didn't have experience in this industry. And we didn't know what we didn't know. All I knew is there had to be a, wet, a better way to make a, a, a an undershirt that stays tucked in. And then it led to like, God, my underwear ride up. How, how come no one's addressing the problems in men's underwear tied to comfort and function with more of a solution-based approach? And then, you know, my background being strategic selling and medical devices, my skill set worked really well as far as reaching out, getting meetings with department store buyers and then going into stores like Nordstrom and Neiman Marcus and others and training the salespeople how to sell functional solution-based underwear versus a medical device with sensors that are going to go in your ear, nose, and forehead. So I was fortunate enough from that standpoint, but I would say like, I've never really been afraid to fail. Like I always feel like Mm. there's always a lesson to be learned in every failure. And I mean, I was never talented enough to bat a thousand or do things perfect the first time, let alone the 10th time. But I think it's just chipping away and improving and seeking out mentors and asking the right questions. And if you want something bad enough, you know, you know this, you you just find a way. You find a way to make that extra phone call, to ask the other person for help. And I've never been afraid, I guess, to ask things I don't know because I'm I'm concerned people are going to think I'm not smart enough. Optimal energy. You are functioning at your highest level. You want to recreate that? Yeah, sure. You do. I do. We all do. And then you can times it by 10. 
What I'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind. So hold on here. This, this is real. Hyperbaric chamber. If you don't know what it is, look it up right now. Look up Eleve Health. E-L-E-V-E health.com. It's an oxygen miracle. What it is, HBOT, the hyperbaric chamber. It's a simple and non-invasive therapy where you go into this. It places a body in a pressurized environment that allows extra oxygen to dissolve in the blood plasma and travel freely throughout your circulatory system, getting more red blood cells flowing naturally to the body's function. It's going to help you kill off any harmful bacteria. It's going to help you detox, increase your oxygen concentration, resist and fight infection, heal wounds faster, improve oxygen supply, reduce swelling, stop infection, lower inflammation, all while you're relaxing in the chamber. I, I, I kid you not, this is what the pros, the top Olympic athletes, what everybody uses for the highest optimization recovery. This is called Hyperbaric Chamber, HBOT, from Eleve Health, E-L-E-V-E health.com. Message me separately, too, if you want to get a specific deal on this. Check it out as you're a sports team, if you're an individual, if you're just somebody who loves optimization, it will be an absolute life changer for you. That is an amazing skill to have. That what you just said right there, not being concerned with people thinking you are smart enough is such an amazing skill. Double down on that, rewind that, listen to that back again. I also need to talk about the point that you touched on of not when you say, hey, I wasn't talented enough. I think that's actually a gift. People who are just incredibly talented don't have to work for it. They don't have to figure out what it takes to get to that level. It's like Kobe or MJ. They would not be good coaches because it came so natural to them. That's why you see these coaches who are the best, these Eric Spolstras or players like Steve Kerr, they had to work for it to understand like what it took to get there and not just given that talent. So people can see like their inabilities or their inadequacies as a detriment. I see it as a positive if used for a positive. Do you agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent. I think you need, there needs to be some sort of strategy involved as far as like, how am I going to stand out? How am I going to be perceived in the coach's eye to justify enough being, you know, being on the court when the game's closing down. Right. And you know, whether it's like a new Donis Haslam, right. Or these key players who are just a six man of the year, like he's a coach, but he's in the, you know, he's on the bench. And I think I was able to find ways to stand out when my talent wasn't as high as others because I brought more, whether I was the hardest worker, played both ways in basketball, you know, hustling, diving after balls. And I think it's the same thing in business, right? You have to find a way to carve out some sort of niche to stand out if you're average, right? And say I had this perception that I'm average, it's like, how do I stand out in a sea of sameness, right? If it's a camouflage coloring, like what's your bright color, you're gonna stand out and be like, not good, but great. And there's, you know, and I think for us, kind of the beauty in what we did is like, we didn't make underwear and t-shirts and socks and sweatpants all at the same time. We made one product and we perfected it and we made it the greatest, our undershirt. And then we went into underwear and we took something from good to great, right? And then we took pajamas and loungewear and we went from good to great. Yeah. And I think it's slowly over time, like, you know, we've become, I don't even, we've become this overnight success after almost 15 years. And I think there's this impatient 
patience people have, like you want to get there as quick as you can. And sometimes I think the lesson is when you look back in the rear of your mirror, like, man, there was a lot of mistakes I would have made if success would have happened as quickly as I wanted. Right. Oh, and, and I think dude. for us, we've just been, had a, had a, had a lot of blessings along the way and a higher power watching over our business and our brand that have allowed us to kind of navigate. And I think, you know, but if you love what you're doing, you're willing to do the work at the end oh. of the day. Tom, I'm getting goosebumps over here. Like one thing I'm really big on is telling people, if you see somebody who has had success, go learn what they did. I would listen to everything that you have done because you literally have written the book of how to not come into the world with things handed to you, spoon fed to you, or an amazing, crazy talent. And that's, that's no discredit to you. That's amazing credit to you and have been able to figure it out. So everybody listening, go study Tom, study as much as you can. Now don't go stalk him in South Dakota. I'm not going to give his address out, (laughs) study all he has done. And you hit a point I wanted to talk about. It is one of the most key secrets that is not so secret for success, but yet nobody wants to do it. It is being patiently impatient. The 15 years to overnight success like you talked about, everybody's story has it. Everybody's. Like literally no one that has come on this podcast is like, hey, you know what? Uh, I woke up the next day and I was a famous celebrity and had everything that I ever wanted. If you get success too early... You don't have the roots built. You don't have the foundation to sustain and grow that success. So patiently impatient. Let's talk on that. Incredibly hard to do, but oh man, when you get that perspective down, it changes everything. Yeah. I I mean, for me, I, I think I've always wanted things sooner than they've happened. And, but I also think there's, you know, a pushing through and making things happen faster. Right. And that's to your point earlier, you have to take action. Right. And I look at the best businesses or the entrepreneurs have a, that have achieved a level of success that I admire. They didn't wait until everything was perfect because you missed the moment and you missed the opportunity. I mean, look at the iPhone one. It's like a brick compared to the <laughs> iPhones that we have right now. Right. But at the time, like that was a true innovation. Now, now it's you know, something in the Smithsonian is probably even more valuable than the, the most recent version. But yeah. I mean, I think there's always going to be an excuse or a reason not to start mm-hmm. or competition mm-hmm. or too expensive, but like, man, if you, if you just look at the people who get the most out of life and relationships and their work, I've never met anyone that doesn't love what they do. That's really created yeah. like a very aspirational level of success. Totally, man. There's always excuses. Stop negotiating with yourself. Okay. One thing I know about you from your story and what you touched on earlier is another secret sauce for a CEO or a founder. You are actually going into these Macy's, Nordstrom's, or even into the downtown Los Angeles clothing district. And you personally, you and your wife, which is another thing. I mean, having an amazing supportive wife like I know that you do and Aaron is one of the most important decisions you can ever make in your life if you're not married yet. But talk about like the difference in what that has done for you as a CEO being hands-on because a lot of people will think, well, I'm the CEO that's below me, but you have a mindset that is nothing is below me. I'll mop the floors if I need to. Yeah. I mean, for those listeners, we didn't raise money from investors. We were self-funded through credit cards, American express visa, MasterCard, cashing out my 401k, my savings. So, kind of like burn the boats, so to say, right? Put it all on the line. And I think Mm -hmm. the mentality was like, if we lose everything, 
we can always go make money elsewhere. I can always get another medical sales job to fall back on. I liked it, but I didn't love it. But in the early days, I mean, we would make the shirts, fold them in the boxes, put the box cover on, put the UPC sticker on, put the hang tag on, drive it to the warehouse, and then fly to Phoenix or Chicago or whatever our product was launched into one of those retail stores. And I remember the first one I ever went to was in Scottsdale Fashion Square, named Marcus. And I thought I was just going to go train the salespeople. And the store manager was like, hey, I really, um, you have a unique story. I want you to come speak in front of, um, at the all hands with all the salespeople for the store openings. I'm like, oh, I'm not really prepared for that. He's like, oh, I'll be fine. And again, there's like 300 people. But what I found is, you know, I, I explained my name, my background, the idea, why Tommy John was created. And what happened is people were like, oh my gosh, this guy is out here. Not a lot of founders from clothing brands or jewelry brands are actually coming to visit us in our stores. And on top of that, he's in the department all day long with all the salespeople, training them, running sales contests, talking to customers. And then it worked, right? We did the next Monday, the buyer at Nemo Marcus called. She's like, what did you do in Scottsdale Fashion Square? You sold like 90% of your inventory. And I was like, I just went to the store and it was myself. <laughs> but what I found out is kind of throwing into that, that experience, it was uncomfortable at the time. I was like, man, I need to replicate this and do this at every other store I go to. So over the next year and a half, I went to like a hundred stores all over the country. Every time we'd launch into a department store. So Monday through Thursday, we'd be in LA marketing, branding, packing shipments, Thursday through Sunday to fly out to a city where we were launching and spend time. But I learned so much so quickly about what worked, but it was a way for us to stand out mm -hmm. and find that niche and do things that a lot of other brands weren't willing to do to, to reach a level of success. And I think it really fast tracked a lot of our growth. I kind of like think about it like typewriting skills, right? If you can type 60 words a minute, you don't really appreciate how much more efficient that makes you until you see someone going like this and they've never <laughs> taken a keyboard class. Right. And you're like, man, I saved so much time doing that. And I think it was it really a, something we appreciate now in hindsight. And then also like we did everything from answering customer service to doing returns mm -hmm. and exchanges to doing big product knowledge documents we'd hand out to the salespeople. So we were, we didn't hire people to do every job. So when, even when you come into Tommy John today, they're, aren't really any jobs we haven't done to some level or extent, oh, yeah. not nearly. I mean, we have so many great people that we brought in that are way smarter than we are. But in the early days, you're really a jack of all trades, right? You wear a thousand hats and the number of hats you wear goes down every year. But I think there's a level of trust and I think empathy for people we bring into the company that know that we've done all these jobs at some point. And for us, it was just knowing everything from A to Z. I looked up some stats on this. Check this out. This is incredible. 31% of adults worldwide have more confidence based on clear skin. 31, that's almost one third of people like, hey, you got clear skin, you're more confident. Get this, better looking people, meaning of this term, the clear skin as we're putting that with, earn 12% more financially over their lifetime. 12% more, that, that literally could be millions of dollars. You are investing a lot into the lab, into the science, into yeah. the research. It is so far a no brainer why anybody would try, would use anything else other than one skin? Like, is there any, is there anything like 
you can even think of that makes sense? Like I'm trying to, and I can't. I want to say out of the kindness of your guys' heart, you are providing for our listeners a special pricing code, which will be in the show notes. So look in the show notes to try out one skin for yourself. Strongly recommend to subscribe to our newsletter. We want to empower everyone because we know that the choices that we are making today will definitely impact how you're, oh. you know, are going to age tomorrow. Man, there's so, that's so good, Tom. There's so much that I want to go down different avenues here. But for the time that we have, I want to make sure I'm very strategic with the questions I ask. But first, just to recap on that, you said, I just want, I just went to the store and was myself. There you go. You are yourself. And the, the point of not, of, of doing things that others don't want to do is always going to make you stand out and always going to make you successful. So you have this ability, man, of, of taking chances, not being afraid of failure, getting uncomfortable, which me and Tom spent three minutes in 35 degree uh, lake freezing our butts off one time, getting uncomfortable in the middle of nowhere, Colorado. Another day, another story. <laughs> you have all of these tools that make you a great CEO, entrepreneur. In that same breath, that comes with a lot of pressure a lot of expectation, a lot of potential weight on your shoulders. What is the key, I think I know your answer here, that you're able to do what you do without pulling your hair out? Because guys, look at this guy too. He is just the, the epitome uh, of health as it is. <laughs> uh, that's a great question. You know, I think having a wife, my wife, a partner I trust is a really important part of it, right? Because you, you don't have all the answers yourself. And I think a lot of people, like I talked about earlier, don't want to ask for help. Um, and I think we've certainly had our times over the last 15 years. We're like, man, how are we going to get through this? What are we going to do here? We got this huge order. How are we going to finance all that inventory? And I think, you know, at this point, I think there's sometimes an understanding like every idea or every solution or every way out of something has been invented or created or thought of, and they haven't, that's for sure. <laughs> and, it, you know, and I think that there are always new ways to do old things. And I think that's just something that we've kind of ingrained. And I think just entrepreneurs have that thread as they, they find a way, there's always a solution, right? And having that solution focused mindset, yeah, you need to understand the problem and focus on it. But like, what is the solution to this? How are we going to fix it? And I think that's what, um, not everybody has that entrepreneurial mindset because there is pressure, right? Like, you know, this pressure is a privilege, but you know, it's also stressful a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of people's livelihoods that we're responsible for now. So I think you, you look at your element of risk differently at different stages of your life. Like, you know, like I have my kids artwork around me right now, you know, and I think when you have little ones and a family, there's not that you're fearless, but you just, you look at risks differently as your life mm -hmm. evolves and changes. But I also think like, you know, when I, when our business has slowed, David, or when it's become stagnant or it just hasn't moved to the, the velocity that I've wanted to, we have lost a little bit of that. You know, we've played it safe. We've been a little cautious. Um, and I think, you know, that's something I think, especially going into this year or whatever year, there's always going to be fear in the economy or the world or, you know, playing not to lose. And it's something I constantly have to remind ourselves of is like play to win, play to stand out, yeah, play, play totally. to succeed because the people that win during those tough times are the ones that really create separation 
from their competitors during the good times. But also I'm, I'm always, my mindset is like when things are going really good, I'm like, where's the landmine? Where, where it's gotta be here somewhere. <laughs> and then when things are not going good, I'm like, there's gotta be success coming. Yep. The next yep. best thing is, and I think that mentality, it's so like good. never get too comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I like ice baths so much, because I think a lot of that <laughs> relates to uh, r- running a company. You got you got to be comfortable in uncomfortable spots. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a way to work through that. But when you do, there's like a level of confidence you gain over time where I think a lot of people are like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? This is happening in the business. And you're like, my gut bacteria is pretty built up now. I know I, we yeah. I don't know exactly, but we, the feeling is there. And I think there's this gut instinct and entrepreneurs, the longer they've been with companies is the gut bacteria generally is right more than it is wrong as time goes on. Again, we've been wrong plenty of times. Don't get me wrong, but there's like a a gut instinct. Sometimes that data just can't validate all the time. Totally. I love that, man. All of that is so good. But knowing you, there is one more thing that, that makes you be able to do what you do without the fear of failure. Without even if your company comes crashing down, even if it all falls apart, you're still going to be the same person that you always are. And what is that? What is that? And how has that played a role as we wrap up here? Oh, man. What is that? Uh, You know, I had this I had this high school coach that said, Tom, the three C's, calm, cool and collective. Right. And I I think it's kind of stuck with me, even though I may not feel calm, cool or collected. You know, I think people kind of feed off your energy. And I would say my wife and I have always been able to see things that the other couldn't, right? So it's been a great check and balance for us. And I would say, you know, uh, that's probably been one of the most important important parts of it. And totally. just, just kind of believing, having a faith, right? There this you go. Was that's what I was this, setting up for you, man. Yeah. I was okay. going up well, the softball for you to hit it out of the park. Man, it took me a while to jump for that lob. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I, I was a, a quick story. I was I was a really uh, mischievous kid, and there was a one one circumstance where I was writing pen and marker on a nun, swearing in front of her. My parents <laughs> went back to the convent, and these nuns started having a weekly prayer circle for me. And That's I really nice. think the power of prayer is an important part. Yes. And it's weird because different times of my life. I don't know why I've always been surrounded by people that were praying for me, whether I knew it or not. And I just think the power of prayer and having a Mm. faith and a belief in something Mm. higher is, has been really important for my wife and I during those tough times, like can't really explain what's going on, but I just know it's going to work out. And I, you know, and it's, they're not really coincidences, right? It's not really luck finds you when you're ready, but there's a lot more that goes to it that goes to it in, in our belief. So yeah, just having that faith in the business mm-hmm. and what we're doing and things will happen when they're meant to happen, even though we're impatient with it sometimes, um, has been kind of, you know, one of the fun, exciting things, one of the most fun, exciting things. And I think uncertain things, right. And yep. being an entrepreneur and just the uncertainties, you know, is stressful at times, but it's also exciting at times, right. When you think about yeah. it. I mean, that's what keeps us alive. It's the uncertainty. It's the anticipation of what is to come. We don't not want to know when we die. We don't want to know those exact things. Uncertainty keeps you driven, keeps you juiced. 
But knowing that it's God's plan over our plan, his timing over our timing. And you know what, man? There's, there's not a whole lot of people in my life that just send me text messages in the morning that they're thinking about me or giving me encouragement in reminding myself of exactly what I just said that. But you are one of those. So I see you living it. Yeah in your faith. I see you living it in your family. I see you living it in your business. And man, it's just, uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on here. And I would love to do this again. And hopefully, I don't know if I, if I say hopefully get to South Dakota, but hopefully get to South Dakota. <laughs> so so what's, what's next for you, Tom? What's next for you, Tommy John? What are you excited about right now in this stage of your life as we wrap up? Man, I, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited about 2023 you know, kind of tune out the news and focus on what we need to focus on as a business and just execute. Right. I think it's, you know, sports were a big part of my life. I've always been super competitive. And I think for me, having a business and leading a team is like that form of competition that we have today mm -hmm. as, as we've gotten older. And I think that's Absolutely. just it, kind of like, you know, gets me up in the morning, you know, and I like overcoming those challenges and, figuring out what needs to be tweaked and modified and changed. So I think just 2023 in general, while a lot of people may have a, a, a gloomy outlook, man, I really see opportunity. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we've talked about when a lot of people are thinking a certain way or doing the same thing, I get real nervous that I need to do the opposite thing, right? And go the opposite direction. You always Bingo. talk about zig, zig one other zag. Yeah. But when I think about all the big breakthroughs we've had in our business or personal lives, it hasn't been like oftentimes following what's popular or trending yeah. or what gr group think is it's kind of going down the, you know, the uncommon unpopular road where a lot of people question and doubt you. And I think after time, you just kind of thrive and yeah. <laughs> get off yeah. on that perspective. And it's not to prove those doubters wrong or the haters wrong. It's more to prove the supporters, the people that believed in you from day one. Right. And I think when I reframed that proving those that support you, right versus the doubters or the haters wrong. Nice. That's really when our, our, our business change, both motivate me, don't get me wrong, yeah. but <laughs> you know, but I think that's that perspective, that lens has been kind of a breakthrough thing for us in the past. Mm, for where phenomenal, we are man. Phenomenal reframe perspective. Like you said earlier, the best time to start a business is in a recession. Everybody's talking recession. They're getting fearful. This is when you should strike. Great call, Tom. How can we all follow what you guys are doing? Is it just TommyJohn.com? Is that the best place to, to follow everything? Yeah. The yeah. Thanks for asking. Tommy John Ware on Instagram. You go to TommyJohn.com. You can find our products in Nordstrom, Dillard, Shields, Dick's Sporting Goods, um, and our retailers across the country. We have a line at Target that just launched last Love May. It. So you can see our products, find touch, feel in a lot of different places. Yeah, and I'm, I actually might be an underwear model soon for Tommy John. Um, that's what that's what Tom is promising me. No, just kidding. That would kill hey, sales. We're, we're we're always looking for more models. You could do it. That that's would it. hurt sales. I don't want to do that to you. No. <laughs> you would not hurt sales. Tom, all right. Last thing I have. This is gonna be a drop the mic. This can be one word, two words, whatever. Dropping the mic on one piece of advice. Someone feels stuck in their life. Let's say they're trying to start a business. Let's say they are young, just out of school, trying to find a job or in school. They just cannot see their way out of it, man. They're stuck. What drop the mic piece of advice would you give to somebody to be able to make their pivot and go 
towards their breakthrough? Yeah, I, I think two things. Make sure you're passionate about what you're trying to do. Do you like mm -hmm. it or do you love it? If you didn't get paid for it, would you still do it? I think that's those are some questions you need to ask so yourself. Good. And then the second part is like, be be comfortable with failing. Like no one gets everything right from the first get go. Like Michael Jordan couldn't hit a three pointer the first time he shot it, right? Tom Brady sure. couldn't throw a touchdown pass his first throw. But that putting in the work and believing and practicing and consistency is a really important part. But I think, and the last part is I'll, I'll throw three in there is like be okay letting go when things aren't working, right? Like your book, Pivot and Go, mm -hmm. you have to be able to recognize like everyone's going this way. I'm just digging myself a hole, but I'm, I'm too far. You got to be okay changing directions and being adaptable to, to an ever-changing business climate or environment, right? You just, you can't, you can't ride the ship down. You got to start going in a different direction. And I think those are three things I wish I would have known more about. And I've certainly learned yeah. some of them the hard way. Um, but I, I try to learn through other people's failures. And I think just a lot of entrepreneurs talk about these pivotal times. And when you break it down, they're really simple decisions at the end of the day that can be really impactful for where you go. Dude, Mike is dropped. Not just one, two, three. Tom Patterson, you are a legend, brother. Thank you so much for giving your time, your knowledge, your insight. I'm telling you. If you want to improve your life, I would study everything Tom Patterson has done. He is one of, and I'm not just, I'm not blowing smoke up you, man. I've been around a lot of people, a lot of leaders, a lot of CEOs. I have not seen anybody just that, man, has the whole package like you do. So thanks for being a friend, brother, and we will talk soon. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Stop. Okay. So if you enjoyed that podcast, check this out. What I do is I give keynote talks to companies, corporations, organizations, teams all throughout the country and the entire world. If you want me to come speak to your team, to your company, or know somebody who might, reach out to me, please. I'm very easy to get a hold of, david at davidnurse.com. And I'm also doing some super special gives with my new book, Do It, The Life-Changing Power of Taking Action, coming out April 4th message me because I'm doing some gives for free talks, for free coaching courses, even an amazing NBA tickets experience at Los Angeles gourmet food, Michelin star celebrities type of thing for people who buy a certain amount of books. So please check this all out. Reach out to me if you're interested in a keynote talk or to know more about the book giveaways that I'm doing. April 4th is the launch. Thank you so much.